this is Charlie Stumbaugh, the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, Colorado. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to subscribe for our weekly content to encourage your faith. Hey, greetings, Cornerstone family. It's absolutely an honor to be with you. Today, I want to kind of walk a journey with you surrounding this idea of commitment. The truth is, I find myself uh, being a very committed person. Uh, it's rare if I ever jump ship. I really find solace in roots. I find solace in commitment. You know, I pick my friends and people that I live life with on purpose. And in that, I'm very committed to them. Uh, that even includes fighting. Uh, when the going gets tough, when we find ourselves in trial and tribulation, uh, my my heart and really where I find solace most in is that we're going to see it to the very end. My friendships and, and what I long for most is relationships that require depth, transparency, openness, and vulnerability. Uh, it means that we were committed almost to this idea of till death do us part. I'm committed to the very end. I'm very resolved, and it's rare, if ever, uh, that I jump ship. But to be able to do that requires that you stay present even in difficult situations, even when things don't look like they're playing out the way that you had hoped or how you expected uh, or what you dreamed of. Oftentimes, when we find ourselves in these tough positions, it's easier to jump ship. It's oftentimes easier for you and me to bail in times of, of adversity, in times of difficulty, in times of confusion uh, than it is to remain present. Oftentimes, instead of leaning into the pain, we oftentimes jump ship. We bail. We want to start new. But the problem in doing that is every time we jump out of a relationship, every time we jump out of a difficult situation, every time we, we find ourselves dazed and confused and we remove ourselves, we oftentimes afford ourselves in that space for our root systems to dwindle. The more times we bail, the more times we remove ourselves, whether that's in the kingdom of heaven or in personal relationships, from relationships, we oftentimes allow our root systems to dwindle. Then in that space, we long no longer have deep-rooted systems that afford us to be rooted and, and remain steadfast in times of difficulty. And so we become vagabonds. And in that, we become incapable of going deep, remaining rooted. We have lost our resolve and find ourselves in retreat rather than in presence. We all know what it's like to be betrayed, right? We all know what it's like when we feel a sense of commitment only to see someone jump ship. We ourselves have done it. We've committed and find ourselves halfway down the road going, this is more than I bargained for. This is more than I signed up for. And we abandon ship. Well, today, the Father invites us into space to commit to choose his systems over others and not jump ship. In Luke chapter 16, 1 verse 5, we find ourselves in such a story. I want to read out of the NIV today the parable of the shrewd manager. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man who was a manager and was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, 
What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me in their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, set down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill, make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than they are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy in someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What God sets before you and me right, to, right now in, in this particular parable is a parable of commitment to one system or the other. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to serve somebody, but you can't serve both God and money or worldly systems. At the end of the day, you're going to hate one and despise the other, or you're going to be devoted to one and hate the other, but you can't serve both God and money. When the shoot manager was accused of misappropriating resources, instead of asking for forgiveness, he immediately jumped ship. His devotion was easily swayed. We are no different. We often vacillate back and forth. We serve God until it seems no longer convenient, and we jump ship in our perceived self-preservation. We will submit to one of two forms of resources. We'll either serve and submit to God and His economy, or we will serve and submit to the world's economy. We cannot serve both. And what God is presenting right here before you and me is a system. You're either going to trust God's system and you're going to remain devoted to God's system, or you're going to trust the world's system and you're going to remain devoted to that system. But we can't serve both. And oftentimes what happens in our lives is we vacillate based upon the perceived trial, tribulation, difficulty, and we waver back and forth. And God says, listen, that's no way to live. You're going to either trust the system that God sets in front of you, or you're going to trust the world system. The word mammon actually goes way back to Babylon. And in Babylonian times, the word mammon or mammon was a God of resource. It was a God of provision. And what God is setting before you and I in this particular passage is we are going to serve one of two systems. We're going to trust God and his way of doing things as our primary way of gaining the resources that he's called us to. Or we're going to trust the world system and their provision 
and their resources. So it's in that space that I want to invite you into a couple things that I want to draw out in this particular passage that I hope by way of encouragement will help us see what God is doing by way of backdrop in terms of commitment and give ourselves permission to begin to reflect on and let us perk on some of these concepts so that we can begin to be resolved about the system that we choose to submit to, that we wouldn't vacillate back and forth, that we wouldn't become over time's vagabonds, lacking root systems to root ourselves deeply in resolve and commitment towards seeing the kingdom of heaven manifest in our lives and truly changing the trajectory of everything that God's called us to do. The first thing that I want to draw out in this particular passage is this. What we have is not ours. We, like the shrewd manager, are stewards of God's wealth. Like the shrewd manager, we're just stewards. This manager had a signet ring. He had access to the master's house. He had access to the coffers of the estate. And those resources, that signet ring on behalf of his master, was was to be used for the master's household. It was be used to pay for servants and fair wages and to conduct business of the estate that it would be represented well in the community. And the shrewd manager found himself in a position where he had to give an account for the way that he was using the resources of the estate and he found that he had been misappropriating them. Well, when it looks at us, the Bible tells you and me in Matthew chapter 18 that we have been given the keys to the kingdom. In John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, How great the love of the Father that he had lavished upon us, that we may be called children of God, for that is what we are. We're heirs to the throne of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and 4 tells you and me that we are ambassadors for God as he makes his appeal through us. We've been given, if you will, a signet ring. We've been given the keys to the kingdom. And to have keys to the kingdom is to access the kingdom of God. When I give you keys to my home, I give you access that is all in my possession. It's not yours, but it becomes at your disposal, right? From a romantic perspective, if I give you the keys to my heart, it's not your heart. It's still my heart. Yet I give you access to my heart and I ask you that you steward my heart well. The Bible invites us to steward the kingdom of God well. But so oftentimes what happens is we become possessive of God's stewardship or or God's resources. And as a result of that, when we become possessive and we don't recognize that we are only stewards, we begin to hold on to tightly what isn't ours. We hold on to things that God invites us to give away because we then look at them as our resources and not his. Trust me when I say this, that everything that we have is the Father's, and we are only stewards of those resources. When we begin to recognize that they're not our resources, then instead of hoarding, we begin to realize we carry that space of freely I've received, freely I give. At the end of the day, what we have is not yours. Specifically in this particular passage, it has to do with money or resources. But truly, it's a concept that is really something that we can apply to all of our lives. Our time, our energy, wisdom, strength, skills, talents, 
All of those things do not belong to us. They're actually gifts given from above. Every good and perfect gift is a gift from the Father. And he imparts those gifts. Why? So that we can declare the praises of a God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are to use the resources of the kingdom of heaven to activate heaven on earth. And that starts with our money. It starts with our time, energy, and resources. And one of the things that the shrewd manager did is he poorly used the resources allocated to him to manage the estate well. So the question I have for you today is this. How oftentimes do you you reflect of your energy, of your time, of your money, of your resources, of your wisdom, of your skills, of your talents as something that God gives you? to use for the furtherance of his kingdom here on earth? Or do you become possessive of those and use them for your own gain, for your own ease, for your own way of doing things? The other thing that I want to invite you into in particular in this particular passage is this. The question I want to ask is, what are you adept at? What are you well-versed in? The manager was commended for his shrewdness. Now that word shrewdness there is it's an amoral word and it simply means skillful creativity. He was commended not for his dishonest gain, but rather he was commended for his skillful creativity. The shrewd manager vacillated back and forth. While it served him and served him well, he was committed to the master's household to to the master's estate. But the second that he was called into account for misappropriating those resources, he bailed, he abandoned ship, and it was his creativity, it was his shrewdness that says, man, when I get kicked out of this household, I want to be in a position where I can be received in other households. And it was in that space that the manager commended his shrewdness. Now, it goes on to talk about, because of that, This world is more adept. It's more versed in its darkness than the children of the light. And the the reprimand here is simply this. Oftentimes, we as children of the light are more adept. We're more well-versed in the systems of this world, responding by way of finances, responding by way of conflict resolution, responding by way of, of using our resources to build the kingdom of heaven and trusting God's economy to supply all of our needs according to his glories, which is in Christ Jesus, than we are of this world. We're so well adept of the world than we are of the kingdom of the light. And the invitation for you and me is simply this. I want to pause and ask you the question. Do you find more comfort in responding in life according to the kingdom of light than you do in the world's system? Because guys, at the end of the day, again, one of the things that we have to be reminded of is you can't serve both God and mammon. You're going to either trust and serve God and be rooted and established in his systems and his way of doing things, or you're going to serve mammon and trust the world's system of doing things. You can't serve both. We use the Father's property to declare, declare his kingdom. Generosity in our time, energy, money, resources, is always attractive. To be a good steward of God's resources and to invest in what he truly loves. And what does he truly love? The object of his love is you and me. It's the created order. He invites us to win friends, 
right? In terms of God's way of doing things, to invest in the poor, to invest in the widow, to invest in the orphan, to invest in his kingdom, to give of our energy, our time, our resources, to tithe to the church, to give of our money, to be a blessing to his kingdom. That's what God invites us to do. As I alluded to earlier, freely you've received, freely give. Why? Because those resources are not yours. Proverbs chapter 18 says that the gift makes way for the giver. Generosity in our lives is always attractive. But the truth is, is so oftentimes we jump ship. We don't trust God's economy. We don't trust that with the measure you give, it'll be given back to you. We don't trust that God asks us to be extravagant in our giving, to be extravagant in the way that we spend our resources by being a blessing to the people around us. Oftentimes we use everything that we've been given and we hoard it and we don't manage those resources well because we hoard them for our own gain rather than using those to establish heaven on earth. At the end of the day, guys, you're going to serve somebody. Who are you serving today? The last point that I want to bring is simply this. Guys, God invites you and me into true riches. In my humble opinion, the crescendo of this particular passage is God just simply saying, listen, guys, you're going to serve somebody. You're either going to serve God's economy or you're going to serve the world's economy. You can't serve both. And I'm inviting you to root yourself into God's economy, to root yourself into everything that God has for you. Because at the end of the day, God says this. He says, I invite you into true riches for If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who can trust you with true riches? Guys, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around that. So oftentimes we find solace. We even think of ourselves like, man, if I got a million bucks, if I got a hundred million bucks, if I got half a billion dollars, my life would change. And we see those as true riches. We see those as like man, things that would make us happy and full of joy. And yet God says this, if this easy, beatsy little thing called money wrecks you, who can trust you with true riches? In other words, if you can't manage money here on earth, if you can't manage well the resources that God gives us, access to the kingdom of heaven, this little thing called money, the money that he places in our care and in our trust to be a blessing to people, to, to be used for the furtherance of his kingdom. If God can't trust you with this little easy beatsy thing called money, then the true riches of the kingdom of heaven will destroy you. So guys, just by simple recap, the Father's inviting you and me into commitment, to long-term commitment that we don't abandon ship to his way of doing things, to his economy. What we've been given is not ours. We are only stewards of what God has given us. And he asks us to steward those resources as it relates to the furtherance of his kingdom or his estate here on earth. He invites us to be more adept, more versed in the way that the kingdom of God invites us to respond to money, time, resources, conflict resolution, not becoming bitter, those types of things. He invites us to become way more adept and well-versed in the kingdom of heaven than in the world system. And yet the rebuke is that oftentimes we're more comfortable in the system of the world when it comes to our money, when it comes to our time, our energy, our resources, than we are in his kingdom 
and in his way of doing things. And truly, at the end of the day, what he's saying to you and me is, listen, guys, you're not going to be able to serve both. You can serve me or you can serve the world system because ultimately it's going to boil down to you're going to wind up loving one and hating the other. You're going to wind up being devoted to the one and resenting the other, but you can't serve both. And guys, at the end of the day, he simply says, listen, if I can't trust you in handling worldly wealth, if I can't trust you in handling resources that I give you to steward my kingdom through tithes, through offerings, if you can't handle this easy beasy thing called money, then at the end of the day, there's no world that the true riches of the kingdom of heaven are going to bless you. Because at the end of the day, if you can't steward money, there's no way that you would be able to, 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 to steward the true riches of the kingdom of heaven. So good folks, can I invite you in? Can I invite you into space? Sometimes serving the kingdom of heaven can be very difficult. And sometimes we get to those places in our lives, these crossroads in our lives where it seems easier to abandon ship and not trust God's way of doing things. It's interesting to me that the shrewd manager, instead of asking for forgiveness and simply saying, listen, I was poor in the management of those resources. I asked for your forgiveness. He immediately abandoned ship and he trusted the world's way, the world's economy, the world's systems in addressing issues of, of poor management or misuse or all the, the you know, you, you name it. What would it look like for us to remain rooted in God's system? Even when it doesn't make sense, even when we feel uncomfortable, even during uh, times of trial and tribulation, even in times of discomfort. No, I remain rooted. I remain committed. I remain committed to God's way of doing things because ultimately God has for you and God has for me true riches. And if this eatsy beatsy thing called money wrecks us, then the true riches of the kingdom of heaven, there's no world we could steward them well. So can I invite you into stewarding the resources that God has given you and steward them well so that God can trust us with true riches? Guys, I love you. I pray that you have the best day. God bless. Hey, we are so honored that you are with us today. Remember, subscribe to the show and check out our website at cornerstonechurchco.com for more resources.